Welcome to the Nathan Bitzer Show. On today's episodes, we are discussing the appeal of processed keto food. Keto has been a marketing term used by food companies and usually not in the best interests of the customer. Today, I'll give you a tutorial with my guests Scott Harrison and Lenny Lee on what to look for for keto packaging. This podcast is not intended to be medical advice. Please consult your physician before making any changes. All episodes of The Nathan Bitzer Show are recorded live on the Clubhouse app, and you can join the live audience as well. You can follow me on the Clubhouse app or the Clubhouse House My Keto Recovery or the Clubhouse House My uh, Keto for the Soul. That's keto, the number four, the soul. I am a health coach and can be hired at NathanBitzer.com or MyKetoRecovery.com. You can follow me on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, all under the same username, my keto recovery. Well, welcome. Uh, I see a lot of new faces. That's good. Uh, oh, Maribel, you're listening to the Dr. Tro episode. Very cool. Yeah, that was uh, just over a year ago, uh, May of last year, we had him on as a guest, and that's up in pod, my podcast. Um, if you go to the uh, my name, the Nathan Bitzer Show, on your favorite podcast platforms. I think I'm about on eight or nine of them. Um, you can watch. You can. That was the most recent, or actually, it's not the most recent. It's the second most recent podcast episode. Um, and that was a great discussion. He was one of the people I worked on the hardest to get on Clubhouse. He is an extremely busy man. If you don't know Dr. Tro Collation, I would encourage you to look him up and listen to his podcast. Um, sometimes he gets into the science of things, but I think he breaks it down pretty well with his uh, partner, Brian, and it's, that was a good episode. So um, today I'm going to talk about the keto lifestyle and something that comes up frequently in my coaching. Um, and as I'm talking here, and if you have questions uh, or want to come up on stage and ask something, uh, you can ask in the chat. Uh, if you do want to come up on stage, again, I ask that you clarify and, or I'm sorry, that you have social media rather uh, linked to your profile. Um, and uh, we can go about it that way. So the title of this room that I've put together is called Buyer Beware Packaged Keto, quote unquote, foods. Um, so one of the things I constantly run into, I'm, I am a health coach. I come from a ketogenic perspective. Um, and I encourage people in this lifestyle to... Um, usually go at a more whole foods approach uh, when they when they come in this lifestyle. Now, sometimes life things come up. People want to enjoy themselves a little bit, maybe have a little alcohol, have some keto desserts, these kind of things. You know, in moderation, very strict moderation. You know, you can still do pretty well in a ketogenic lifestyle. So I coach people from a ketogenic perspective, and I'm talking about from the point of being in ketosis. Um, and if your goal is to be in ketosis, the majority of the time slash being fat adapted, which comes later, you're going to want to avoid certain things or have things very, very sparingly in, in this lifestyle. So um, a, lot of, a lot of things, and when I came to this lifestyle, um, it was the, the word keto was being marketed very highly. Um, uh, the one thing I'll encourage people here, uh, when, they, when they see something that's keto food, um, is... The language on the package, keto doesn't have a trademark. The word keto is not trademark. So any food manufacturer can put that on a package of food. You could literally put it 
on a package of sugar, which is obviously not a ketogenic food. Keto or sugar is probably the worst thing if you're trying to be in ketosis um, that you can consume. And you could say it's keto sugar and there's no such thing and, and it would make no sense. Um, but obviously, and there's no legal, legal percussions if somebody did that. There's no process they have to go through. Now, they would probably get flamed in, by a, a lot of keto communities and, and that kind of thing. There'd probably be a lot of backlash, but there's nothing from stopping anyone from throwing the word keto on things. So my, my first advice is if you see the word keto or, or low carb or, um, uh, you know, th those types of things are, you know, only has X amount of carbs or something to that effect, be extremely skeptical, like even more skeptical than usual uh, on, on things. Now, I do encourage people to mostly eat whole foods, and that still is, um, that still is in consideration. Um, but when you see that come up and you, you, you see that, you should really start to investigate. So the first steps I encourage people to do um, when they're looking at something that's packaged, a lot of times in general, I'm saying, not, I have found some things that are actually pretty decent, but it's very rare that I find something that's what I would call acceptable um, that has the word keto on it or it's on the package. So that's, 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 that should be a red flag when, when you see that on a package. Um, now, like I say, there are some foods that are out there. Um, one of them, they, they used to put it on there. Um, I, I used to get these beef sticks at Costco refrigerated beef sticks and they used to have like keto friendly on it and the ingredients were actually pretty good. Uh, maybe not perfect, but pretty good. Um, and I used to enjoy those and they have since dropped that label. I don't know why. Um, but, um, I'm, I'm kind of curious cause they did change some pat, like the design of the packaging, but as far as I can tell, all the ingredients are the same and everything. So like I say, it's pretty rare though that you, you get those exceptions. Um, but, uh, that, that again, that should be your first red flag. Now, you see that keto label or things that it's marketing towards a keto lifestyle, be extremely suspicious. Um, and it's kind of, you know, a more negative approach, but I, I want you to be careful out there. Um, so what you, your first step is going to be is you don't look at the front of the package. You're going to look at the back. So you're going to take a look at that back package. First thing you're going to look at is the nutritional facts, which is where they have all your macros on there and maybe some micronutrients as well and the calories and those kind of things. So if you go and look at the total carbs and they have a serving and be, also look at the serving size. Cause like, I know like whipped cream, they say like it's a tablespoon of whip, of heavy whipping cream, <laughs> which I don't, I don't know anyone that just consumes a tablespoon or maybe if they put it in their coffee uh, of heavy whipping cream. But for somebody like me, when I'm using heavy whipping cream, I'm using a lot of it. Um, so, uh, pay attention to the serving size. Uh, the other thing is how many total carbohydrates are in one serving. So if you're like, I had four servings of this one thing and it had two carbohydrates, that would be eight carbohydrates. So that's what it is. But if, if you're noticing like a serving is somewhere in the neighborhood of like maybe four five, or actually I'd say, five, again, it depends on how much you're consuming, but like four or five more carbohydrate total carbohydrates, um, you're like, okay, what's going on here? So if you're doing net carbohydrates, I do encourage some of my clients to do net carbohydrates, usually not in the beginning, but later on, um, if you're getting the vast majority of your nutrition from whole foods, I, I say that you can transition to a more of a net carbohydrate approach, but I still aim for like 20 total net carbs. 
Um, if you're eating like, um, you know, like these keto cookies and things made with almond flour, it's not going to be a good turnout for you to do net carbs. So you're going to want to focus on total carbs. Um, but, um, but yeah, if you're eating like a, a salad, you know, or something and it's made whatever's in it, you know, it has a few carbohydrates, um, go ahead, do net carbs, knock, knock yourself out. If you're getting like a lot of vegetables or something. So that that's, so you look at the ingredients and, and you're looking at net carbs and you're like, okay, so if something's a little higher, you're like, okay, there's total and how net carbs work. I should probably explain this too is net carbs is you'd have the total carbs. So let's say it has five total carbohydrates and, but it has two grams of fiber. Then you would subtract the fiber from the total carbs and that would be um, your net carbs. So if we take five or two from five, you would have three total net carbs. Um, and that's what, that's what, uh, th that's how that results. The other thing that can be subtracted from it, and this is how the food manufacturing companies get around with it is sugar alcohols can also be subtracted. Um, now there's a lot of sweeteners out there. Um, I only recommend four when you're in this lifestyle. And again, even with my approval, you still have to be careful. Um, and, um, you have to kind of take in that into account as well. So you minus the fiber, you minus the sugar alcohols, and you can have that. And that, that would be your net carbs. Sugar alcohols, I advise a lot of ca caution on because I think it can really mess up your system. And a lot of these sugar alcohols sometimes are not the greatest for us anyway, for our, uh, our, our, um, for our bodies. Um, the one thing I really love about the keto diet is it really calms down the inflammation in our bodies. And especially for myself, it did that as well. So that's always one of my things, um, is that I want to focus on, you know, getting the inf inflammation under control in your body. Um, so that's kind of my focus. Um, so that, that's kind of what you look at when you're looking at the nutritional facts. So if you, if you see a lot of carbohydrates, um, that's what you want to do. The second thing you want to do is go over into the ingredient list and check out what's there. Um, now, even if it has, if it, even if it has good total carbs or net carbs or whatever you're doing, you still want to be cautious about, uh, what the ingredients are. And it would take many episodes for me to go, what ingredients you have to look over, which ones you have to be careful of and that kind of thing. But the main things you want to look out for when you're looking at the ingredients is, are they using grains? And grains can have a bazillion names. Uh, they kind of use flour, which is basically a grain, uh, you know, corn fiber, um, you know, um, you know, wheat enriched with uh, enriched wheat flour. Um, it, it can have a lot of names. So any type of grain that's in the ingredient list, you want to be very cautious of and um, very suspicious of. Um, grains can cause a lot of inflammation in a lot of people. Um, and that kind of thing. So you want to check out grains, um, sugars and sweeteners. I mentioned those as well. Um, there's four that I recommend and my friend, uh, keto coach E Kevin English, he uses a great acronym to remember which ones that you should be using. And it's same S A M E. And that stands for stevia, uh, allulose, monk fruit, and erythritol. Um, the last one I'd use a little caution on erythritol. Um, there have been some studies that have come out on it recently that may, may I, I use that in quotations, uh, quotation marks, 
may link to CBD long-term. And I know Dr. Tro, who we were just talking about a little earlier in one of my earlier episodes, um, he recommend, he was using extreme caution and ext- limiting a lot of quantities, at least for the time being. There does need to be more research on it. Um, but he thinks that the, the study he read, which I trust his opinion, um, that there's enough to use a little bit of caution. Um, and even with these approval of these sweeteners, I probably don't want you consuming these every day. Um, maybe on a once a week basis, twice a week, possibly. I know we know life happens and those kind of things. Um, and, and that kind of thing. So you're checking over the ingredient list. Um, you also want to look for fruit. Like sometimes they'll put like fruit, like a fruit juice or some kind of puree in, in the ingredients. Um, so that's another thing to watch out for legumes of some kind, like some kind of beans or, or, you know, pea protein is kind of another one that gets stuck in a lot of stuff. Not the wor- pea protein isn't the worst thing, but again, we're focusing on reducing inflammation. Uh, the other one is seed oils. Um, like canola oil, vegetable oil, uh, rapeseed oil, soybean oil, these, these types of seed oils, I would look, I would avoid those as well. Um, they won't necessarily throw you out of ketosis, but they can cause a lot of inflammation in your body. Um, and the last one I'll just mention, uh, not that it would be in a, a lot of foods anyway, but is alcohol is something we want to limit a lot as well. Um, if you want to have it very infrequently and in small amounts. Uh, again, the goal is ketosis, so that's what we want to focus on. Um, uh, and and uh, so th- those are, that's kind of how you go through the ingredient list. And my first clue is that for, for something that's probably not going to be the best choice, other than the word keto being on the front of the package, is if it has more than five or six ingredients, you start to get into trouble. Um, and there's going to be a lot of stuff on there, for especially if it's processed or packaged. Um, a lot of times they're going to have a lot of chemicals in those foods. Um, and you, I, I don't know what most of them are. Um, and even, um, you know, even the <clears throat> most educated people, you'll, you'll have to Google them to kind of figure out what they are. Um, so I usually, in my, myself, if I see like more than five or six ingredients, I'm like, that's eh, probably not going to be worth my time. Now, that's not true about all of them. You know, there could be six or seven and it's still fine. You know, whatever it is. But Somewhere in the neighborhood of five or six, um, it's probably going to be a lost cause um, in general. That's just a good rule. Um, so let's say you're out at the grocery store. You pick something up. You know, everything looks pretty good in the ingredient list. You're doing it. But there's this one thing that you don't know what it is. And you're like, I wonder if that's something I should be eating. Um, and, you know, is it good for me in this lifestyle to be eating that? Um, I'll, I'll give the example of maltodextrin. Well, maltodextrin is basically another form of sugar, although it doesn't show up a lot of times in nutritional facts either because they cut down the uh, nutritional facts enough where they don't have to put it, like it'll say zero for sugars, but they're like just below the cutoff. And if they're below one gram in the serving size, they don't have to report it. They're not obligated to. Um, so like maltodextrin, you're like, well, I wonder if maltodextrin is something that I should be eating in this lifestyle. So this is the tip I, I write is if you have your smartphone with you and you're in the store, hopefully you got decent or enough reception. Costco just got Wi-Fi. I'm so glad because every Costco I go to has terrible reception. So now I can do this with these. Um, you take the, whatever the ingredient is, write it in the Google search bar, and you write the word keto after it. And that's all you do. And then you hit search. Now, you're not doing confirmation bias here. You're not trying to find where you like a, a posting where 
uh, maltodextrin is okay on the keto diet. You want a variety of opinions and you want trusted sources. You don't want some wacko who just made a social media post that said it was okay, like yours truly. <laughs> you know, try try to get, you know, people you trust and people who kind of kind of know. I tell people to get at least three sources to get kind of feedback on to see to see if it is. And don't go, don't Google is maltodextrin good for keto because that's going to get you point you towards articles who say is it good for keto. You want to try to get the good, you know, the pros and the cons on this lifestyle. Um, I had a client who did that, you know, <laughs> said that he was Googling this stuff and a lot of the stuff that he said it was Googling was okay. And I asked him to use my rule and, and then he, but he wasn't Googling the, the ingredient and then the word keto after it. He was saying, is it good for keto? And I'm like, oh, well, that's our trouble. So um, you just want to use the ingredient name and the word keto after it. Um, and again, you want to use strict bias. And it depends on how clean you are. Like I say, I know life happens. Some people want to make like cupcakes for a birthday party and have one they can enjoy. I get it. You know, those kind of things. Um, but that's, that's one thing you can do when you're on your, when you're on your, uh, when you're shopping as well. Uh, again, just touching on sugar alcohols. Um, sometimes they can be deducted for net carbs. Again, if you're doing sugar alcohols, I count them as carbs. Don't subtract them. Um, again, if your goal is ketosis. Um, whole foods are most optimal um, in this lifestyle. And for me, it, me personally, um, I think if you're going to get your carbs um, and you're going to have uh, like a lot of broccoli or something, and you go over on your carbs, then like, I'm not going to be, not that I would be disappointed, but it's going to be more optimal to go over on carbs if you're eating broccoli than if you're having something like, uh, here's a good example, a keto ice cream. Um, keto ice cream can, it's, I don't like to say, people ask me, is it good for keto? I don't like to say is it's good for keto. I like to say it's a better alternative than regular ice cream, but it's still not optimal. Um, like a lot of these companies like Halo ice cream and I can't think of the other one off the top of my head. Um, but they'll put like on their packaging, like, uh, you know, X amount of net carbs, um, is, uh, you know, like it has five, five net carbs in the serving and then you turn it around, you see like the whole pint is like 42, 45 total carbs. And they're subtracting sugar alcohol and they're subtract and they dump fiber into it. Say, oh, well, that's how we get the net carbs down. So when you're doing, when they're doing that, it's not going to be, like I say, it's going to be maybe a little bit better than regular ice cream, but it's not going to be optimal for being in ketosis. So those are a couple of things that I would recommend, uh, in, in this lifestyle. Um, and, um, Try, like I say, if you have it once in a while, it's probably not going to break your bank. Uh, I want to get you in ketosis when I'm, when I'm with a client. Usually I want to be, get you in ketosis and then I want to get you fat adapted, uh, which fat adaptions ha happens somewhere in a month to three months later of being in ketosis. And that's where you're really just efficiently burning fat in your body. Um, so, uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about too so food manufacturers basically have three things they're thinking about when they're making a product. Um, they all want to make money. I mean, who doesn't? It's understandable. Um, so they're thinking, how cost effective can I make this product? Now, the markup on like, you know, pre-made like Rice Krispies or potato chips or something, 
Um, and it has a long shelf life. The, the markup on that is like a lot. Um, several, maybe even up to like a thousand percent or something. It, it may be hundreds or, th- you know, thousands. Who knows? Um, like they can, they can have a, a lot of profit turned up over and, you know, companies want to make money and they, like, I can make this product and I can make it for that. So the, the first thing is they're trying to think of how cost effective is this product. Uh, the second thing they're going over is how long of a shelf life can I get on this? So, you know, <laughs> we buy like, uh, you know, you buy rice or you buy cereal. It has like a shelf life of a, of a year. Um, and in real life, if they were whole foods, they would not last that long, uh, if they're not frozen or whatever. Um, you know, so that, that's kind of the other thing that they're looking at is how long of a shelf life can I get? And the third one, which kind of falls into us is how can I market this product? So there are some food, like I say, there are some food manufacturers out there, um, and they are marketing a product that could sometimes be good, but they're trying to, they're trying to appeal to a community. Keto blew up, uh, the word keto blew up maybe about five or six years ago in Google searches. Um, and really started to get prevalent. So marketers were like, well, this, this is trending, you know, how can we get on, how can we get on, get in on this? You know, so they found that they could slap the word keto on a lot of things. Um, and, um, kind of went about it with that, with that approach. Um, so those are kind of like three basic schools of thought. Now there's maybe others out there. I, I can't get into the mind of there. Uh, I grew up in a grocery store It is a family business. So, you know, there were always salesmen coming in and selling my dad a lot of things and, you know, trying to get like, you know, end caps and, and shelf, you know, see what shelf they could get on and, you know, having specials going out. There's a lot of things, a lot of promotions and those, there's a lot of things going on with food manufacturers. Um, and uh, one of the things I was going to talk about too is Vinnie Tortorich, who is one of my inspirations for getting into this lifestyle. I've heard he's making a documentary it's going to be kind of attacking these kind of foods um people that put labels on things and kind of in our community i think it's not not even just food manufacturers i think it's more our community and how it's kind of setting us back and maybe introducing us to foods that we shouldn't either be extremely limiting on or maybe not having at all depending on what you have um but yeah, so um, some foods might be okay, it, but the frequency may matter and how clean it is, just as a reminder. And the last thing I'll kind of wrap up here um, is, um, you know, always listen to your body. Um, this is why I, um, I do weigh and measure my food still. I'm not saying you have to do that. I think it'd be productive to at least have a food diary um, and, uh, you know, so then you can kind of go back and like, you know, you're like, you know, I've been feeling kind of off like the last three days. I feel sore. Um, I feel, or I just, you know, my, my head's in the cloud or something, you know, what have I eaten lately that, you know, I like what might be affecting this? And then like, let's say you were having some keto cookies or something. You're like, well, what if I took those keto cookies out? You know, would, would it help with X? And were you remove that from your diet? It's a little food elimination. Go back to eating the whole foods and, and see if it improves your health. So um, that's what I would uh, encourage you to do, um, and uh, and and do that. Like I say, it's even if you don't weigh and measure your food, you're keeping a diary. You're just like I ate this, this, and this. It's good to have that kind of record because I can't remember what I ate 
Um, well, I'm a repetitive eater, so I know at least had a Caesar salad three days ago, but I can't remember what I ate three days ago. Uh, most days, um, I probably, I don't even, oh yeah, I did have, I had a, I had a, uh, New York strip steak yesterday. So I do know what I ate yesterday, but beyond that, it's kind of a loss. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I would just recommend those points of information. Uh, see, there are a couple comments in the chat. Uh, Maribel asks, can you speak using these as a bridge to eating primarily whole foods? This is a great point. So when people are new in this lifestyle, I like to go pretty hard and fast, um, especially if you have some health concerns, whether it's diabetes. Um, if it's just like losing weight in general, I'm a little more open to this. Um, but um, if you, you know, like I say, if you're, if you're eating a keto cookie as opposed to like Oreos, it is less bad or not as bad for you than eating the Oreos. Um, one thing I use caution is if you're a food addict like myself, um, even things that are keto cookies, um, I could either eat overeat on those as well. And sometimes you have disasters in the bathroom. That's all I can, I'll say about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say that these can definitely be a bridge. Um, I met a very, I was actually at KetoCon, met a very nice lady. Um, she was selling keto cookies there. And even the way she packaged them, it's like she had, um, it wasn't like an obscene amount of cookies. It was like, if you had these as a snack, probably would throw you out of ketosis maybe. I, I don't know, it depends on your, you know, there's a lot of things factoring in there. But it wasn't enough to like, you know, it wasn't like a family size bag or something like that. Um, and if you are looking for alternatives, and I know people can be sugar addicts, especially your sweets, um, these things can be a good transition if you're trying to come off of sweets uh, and you feel like sugar is kind of mixed up your brain. Eventually, you're going to want to cut it off. Um, but for somebody like myself, I was well over 300 pounds when I started this lifestyle. Um, if I was gorging on keto cookies, it probably would have been better than doing the other thing. But if you're looking to lose drastic amount of weight, it is going to probably come to a stall at some point. But like I say, if you're going to, if you're going to binge on keto cookies, binge on those and uh, go from that point. But that's a good point, Maribel, and I appreciate that. And uh, if you guys did want to come up, I did throw some of you invites. You don't have to, but if you want to contribute anything I missed, I'll do that. Uh, last comment we have from Maribel was Vinny jokes about page five of Google and to get away from the nonsense when searching. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. So he, uh, he talks, if I'm understanding that right, Maribel, he talks about, you know, going past not just the top 10 search results or whatever and going deeper and kind of finding that. That's not a bad point of thought either. And yeah, Google is going to present to you information as you search these topics as well. Um, and uh, that's that's good to mind. So that's why I say at least get three like quality sources on whether keto is, um, you know, whether an ingredient is keto and that kind of thing um, and kind of go from there. But uh, anyway, Scott, you've jumped up on stage. Uh, if you have something to contribute or a question, I'd like to hear it. Go ahead whenever you're ready, sir. Nathan, how's it going? I, I came in halfway and 
Um, I wish I had heard the rest of it. I love the topic. But I'm curious, um, what kind of packaged foods do you sometimes indulge in as kind of a tool when you're feeling bingy or you want to, you want a replacement? What, what do you, what have you found that works for you? Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a good question. Um, yeah, one thing I did mention in the earlier rooms that I, one thing I frequently, I'm not much of a snacker, but if I am, uh, Costco makes these beef sticks, I think it's Green Ridge Farms and they actually used to have a keto label on it. They, I don't, I think they dropped it off at least I haven't looked at it real closely, but I think I can't find it on there anyway, but used to see like keto friendly or something and the beef sticks, they're refrigerated. They're pretty good. Uh, no sugar in them. They use like celery salt, um, kind of use the, um, I don't know what you call it, the you know, that, that processed meat kind of taste or, um, you know, like the, uh, the curing process almost. So celery salt is not a bad thing to have. Um, that was one of my kind of go-tos. Um, and I will say this, I haven't done it. I don't even think this year, but when I was in this journey and like, uh, I was with my family and they wanted to eat ice cream. Uh, and I would go buy a pint of, um, you know, halo ice cream or something. Like I say, if you're doing a one-off with halo ice cream, um, and it's like once every other week or something, it's probably not going to throw you out of ketosis. Um, so I would say that's kind of my focus. Um, but if you're eating a halo ice cream, like two, three times a week, I'm going to start to have problems with that. And I don't think it's going to be productive for you to be in ketosis. Um, like I say, the halo ice cream is not a great food. It's just less bad than having regular sugar ice cream. And to be honest with you, it doesn't really taste like ice cream. It's kind of something that tastes a little sweet. That's kind of like ice cream. Um, so it's like, you're not getting the same emotional experience with it. Um, but that's kind of the, the things I would kind of do that. But yeah, those beef sticks, I do get fairly frequently at Costco. Um, but, um, I know there was like a pancake mix. This is probably like two or three years ago now. Birch that Costco used to have. Was it birch bender? Yeah. Birch benders. Yeah. Um, mm. I never bought it. Um, but I know there was people that tried it and they did not like the taste. And that's the other thing when you're buying these foods and they're really trying to ketify them, it's going to taste different. Like the emotion, like I, I admire the people that are like, Hey, if you want to, if you want mashed potatoes, you know, puree cauliflower and, and do it that way. Now I've got like this mental thing in my head when I take a bite of mashed potatoes, I've got like a whole emotional experience that goes on in my head. When I do that with pureed cauliflower, God bless it. You know, it's not a bad thing to eat, but it's not the same emotional experience I've got in my head when I'm eating mashed potatoes. It's just not. So I, I don't want to say I cringe, but I kind of do a little bit when people say, oh, you can use this to substitute for mashed potatoes. Because in my mind, I, and I, I know they're not being malicious with it, but in my mind, it's like, oh, I can have that same emotional experience. And a lot of times you can't, um, at least for me, um, some people can do those things and, and they find that, um, and, uh, yeah. So, yeah. You know, um, Nathan, just, just to give you a, a tip, uh, Costco also has the art. I don't know if you found them, but they're, they're arch. They're not in the, um, refrigerated section, like the beef sticks you just talked about, but they're in the, with the dry goods they're called archer. And they're grass-fed um, beef sticks, and they're super clean. 
they're they're really short they're like half the size of an average beef stick um slim jim kind of thing they're 50 calories and they're super clean and they're good they're they're not cheap but they're excellent but um the thing i wanted to add to this because this is near and dear to my heart right now and you know i think nathan you touched on an important thing it's like what are you trying to accomplish like i had type 2 diabetes i reversed it with food and exercise so i'm always concerned of course about blood sugar and you know if i was to eat a keto cookie compared with an oreo to me it's night and day because some of these sweetener replacements don't spike blood sugar or have zero impact on blood sugar so you know the choice is clear but when I, this was seven, eight years ago when I first came into the lifestyle and I was diagnosed and I was trying to figure this out, what I got sucked in was like the replacement culture. You know, Nathan talked about keto as a marketing tool. Well, you know, it's just everywhere. These people who are, you know, keto cooks and they're figuring out, just like Nathan said, how do you make the best cauliflower mash to replace this? And, and I got sucked into that and, you know, I was having moderate success and it was fine. And coming off the sad American diet, you do need to bridge yourself to uh, a whole foods um, core diet. And that's quite a transition for a lot of people, including me. So there was a place for that. But when you really want results, there's no replacement for a whole foods diet. There just isn't. When you eat super clean and this is I don't think this is just my experience. I've heard person after person say this, you know, when you're eating a quality protein with um, the right kinds of fats and a low carb veg um, as kind of your core diet, um, you get amazing results. And that's assuming that you do calorie control too, to some degree. I mean, you can't eat five pounds of bacon a day and expect to lose weight if that's your goal. But I, I don't want to digress, but the, the, the thing I wanted to say is for the longest time, I got sucked into what I'll call replacement culture and, and I just couldn't get to, to my goals. And then I backed off that quite a bit. And I said, I'm just not going to put my head into these recipes because, you know, when I'm into the food that much and I'm trying to make everything super palatable, then I feel like I'm being too food centric and I have to kind of dial back my focus on food and and put my focus on other things because I don't want to be too much of a foodie. That's just me. So I backed off the recipes. Then what happened? Then I started getting hijacked by Quest Cookie this and, and you know, Rebel Ice Cream that. And I would have a long period of time where maybe I wouldn't have it. And then it would hijack me and I'd have it with some frequency for three or four months. And, and it would really damper, dampen my results. So what I found is if you can white knuckle, and it is something that if you're into the keto sweets for, for someone like me, you know, you do need generally like a week to two weeks to just white knuckle and say, I'm not going to have that. And then your brain starts to um, move on to other things and enjoy other things and you don't find yourself missing it. That's where I am right now. And I'm back to my to my core whole foods and I'm just crushing it and, and it feels great and I'm hitting the gym and I'm, I'm going through a good period, but, um, I have, you know, so, and the last thing I want to say is like, when I get to maintenance and I'll be there soon, I will put on a constant glucose monitor and I will test a few of these things out because for me, and this is a choice, I don't want to go through the rest of my life and not have another bite of 
Rebel Ice Cream or I happen to like Quest Peanut Butter Cups, like I think there's a place for that. But you have to find out what your trigger points are, what your tipping points are, where you get hijacked, and then you're thinking about it too much and you're having it too much. So I will test the waters when I get down there. But right now I'm in kind of boot camp mode and I just want to really lean into, into Whole Foods and then experiment with those things when I get to maintenance. I assume when I'm in maintenance, I'll have a little more metabolic repair. My body can tolerate those things and I'll find my way through that. And um, the very last thing I'll say for now is there's a coach that I respect. I'm not going to use her name here because I don't know if she'd appreciate me kind of divulging it, but, you know, she lost several hundred pounds. She's a very, very high level coach. She, this woman is, has mastered food. She knows the, like Nathan, who's coaching, she, you know, can look at a plate, glance at a plate, walk in the supermarket without even thinking about it. They know exactly what, what to get and, and what to give her clients. However, she still has the food monster as a vulnerability. So, you know, she talks about it like it's always there and emotional events can crash in and bring it back. And what she does is she'll use something like Quest chips or her favorite packaged foods to, as a tool for a very short period of time to get through maybe an emotional family event or whatever's happening in her life. And she really feels like that's been vital to her maintaining her success. So there, there is a place if you can find some balance around it and dip in and out of it like quickly to get you through things. It is a kind of a powerful tool. So I, I think that needs to be said. Um, and, and again, you know, this is someone who just has a deep, deep knowledge of everything keto and nutrition. And, and she, so she, she, she's of the opinion, I happen to agree with her, that you can never completely clear the emotional hurdles around food. Food is something that's a survival, um, is we need it to survive. And when we're, we're, we're animals, when we get emotional, we go into survival mode and, and a lot of us lean on food. It's just the way humans are. So you got to find your way through it. Um, anyway, I think I went on, on too long, so I'll end it there. No, thanks, Scott. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, very, very true. Um, and, you know, uh, I know you talked about like, a, you know, the recipe foodie thing. Uh, Maria Emmerich, God bless her. Uh, she puts up these wonderful works of art with food um, and has these wonderful recipes. But I look at them and I think five ingredients. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to be doing that. I just don't have the time or the patience to deal with that. But um, I, I know she puts together these things that are very good, uh, and they taste great. And it always cracks me up when her boys like uh, are like I don't know what you call them models or like she she <laughs> has them eating it and like their eyes bug out. <laughs> it's just hilarious. I like watching it. Um, but uh, Maribel also said me to chat. Country Archer jalapeno beef sticks are her jam. I think those are the same ones at Costco. Country Archer. Um, uh, the other yeah. brand. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I think I don't know if it's country or I know Archer is the ones I was steering you towards. I I don't know if the country Archer are the ones in the refrigerated section. Okay, but I, I know which ones you were talking about with the with the Archer ones. Um, I've had those too. They are very small, um, 
And I kind of realized I had to use caution with those as well. Cause it's like, Oh, you could just have a couple as a snack or one. It's like, well, then I'm eating them like a bag of chips and it's like, well, that's not productive. So, um, but yeah, in a, in a pinch and you throw a few in your bag or in your car, um, maybe not in the summer cause it'll probably get nasty if your car gets really hot, but, um, they can be kind of something in a pinch. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I think I've heard this before, um, and I've kind of looked at them. I have never had them, but they also carry chomps at Costco. Uh, chomps beef sticks. Those are usually pretty clean. Um, I know a lot of influencers that I follow would advertise them. That doesn't necessarily mean they're okay. But from what I could tell, I thought they were fairly okay. Um, but anyway. Uh, and Trisha also said, well said, Scott. I'm out on the bicycle listening. Great topic. Yep, I agree. So. Um, yeah, when, when I think of packaged foods, I'm... I do. I keep bringing up Quest, but, you know, the labels that you can't understand are the ones that you really have to press pause. You know, if there's ingredients where you're like, what the hell is that? Yep. Then you're into a classic packaged food. So when you, when you're, Nathan, when you're talking about, you know, technically it's a packaged food, it comes in a package, it's a beef stick, whatever. To me, that doesn't even meet the, my particular definition for a keto packaged food because it's it's just a clean preserved food you know it's almost like hard-boiled eggs and that you would buy at trader joe's in a in a pouch or pickles or something like that you know obviously it's packaged but it's not it doesn't have chemicals or a ton of preservatives pickles are obviously pickled but um yeah so there's you know and and, and also you know nuts a lot of people get into trouble with nuts me included that's obviously packaged food too but they're healthy in small portions so there's that but but i always think of just you know the the long list of crappy stuff the unpronounceable ingredients and then you're like okay is that really food yeah absolutely um you know now that you're br- that we brought it up i know you asked me earlier what other foods i did have um one of them i kind of flirted with i do have problems with nuts but one that Costco is the macadamia nuts they sell because it was just macadamia nuts and sea salt. And that was all it had. However, again, it's a bag food. If it's in a bag or a, you know, a package of some kind, it's like a mental thing for me. I got to be careful with nuts. Um, but at times I can eat a handful of them and be done. Um, and, and leave it at that. Um, but that's kind of the, uh, that's kind of the thing that I do there. Um, but yeah, good, good topics. Um, and, and I will say this too. Um, sometimes those keto foods, uh, like the quest bars and the quest chips that you were talking about, uh, especially if you got kids and they're not into your lifestyle, but you want to look for a better alternative, try exploring that. Now I'll say I've tried this on my girls and they will vast majority of the time turn up their nose at it. Uh, I can't remember what the bars were. Letty maybe knows. I think General Mills put them out. Ratio bars. That's what they were. I got like a whole bunch of ratio bars at KetoCon last year. And they were just literally giving away of them. And I grabbed like one of every kind. And they didn't care for any of them. And they're just like, nah, no. So, um, but yeah, if, if you're looking for something for your kids or just other family members that are just better alternatives, you might have some some things there that it, at least it's not like I say it's the other ultra processed version of it. So that's something to consider as well. But for yourself, I'm I'm going to probably advise 
that you stay away from those, especially, uh, and have them maybe very infrequently, if ever. So, um, well, uh, El Kowarski. Oh, loves Chomps. Okay, good to hear. Yeah, Chomps is a good brand, um, from what I can tell. So, uh, Lenny, you popped in stage, or you popped in the room, I should say, uh, and you're on stage. I think I put you as one of the guests. I don't know if you had anything to contribute to this topic, um, but uh, yeah, if you didn't, uh, if you had something to add, you feel free, or if you just want to hang out and listen, that's fine. No, thanks. I'm sorry. I just saw the notification. Lenny, I think you cut out on us. High Keys keto-friendly cookies, I am told, are the best-selling cookie on Amazon, like of any kind of cookie. So, you know, that... Hey, Lenny. Um, friendly to anybody uh, on a taste basis, so that might be something to try. I haven't had a box of ratio... Hey, Lenny. ...tried them yet. Um, yeah, the whole packaged hey. keto food thing. <laughs> hey, Lenny. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm taking up. Yeah, so what's happening is you're talking, and then the audio drops out for like three seconds, and then it comes back in. It's done that about three times. Uh-oh. How's that now? Well, so far you're good, but... Uh, Any better? If I give you a thumbs down, it means your uh, audio is broken up again. Yeah, no, it, it's breaking up for mine. Just like, I'm going to leave and come back. Okay, sounds good. Um, but yeah, I think Lenny was talking about some kind of... He was talking about the height. The high key cookies. Yeah, I caught that Ooh, part. Like yeah. a whole one. Um, we got a few more comments. Uh, Maribel says, "Yeah, my uh, my son didn't care for cream cheese pancakes." He said, "Mom, these are different." This is exactly what I go through with my girls. Uh, you tried, yeah. So, I... oh, did I did I meet myself again? Did I... Did you guys hear that, Scott? Did you hear the comment I was talking about, Maribel's comment? Uh, I just heard you. You cut out after the cream cheese pancake comment. Okay. Yeah, cream cheese pancakes. So, um, sorry, I'm having a little user error here. Yeah, um, it's the exact same thing I do with my girls. Um, and I, you know, I will say this the Nush pancake mix, um, Nush makes them. My girls did not turn up their nose at it and actually ate it. So, um, Nush pancake mix, again, it's not perfect, but it's better than, you know, having, um, why can't I think of a food manufacturer? Uh, well, anyway, whatever food, you know, whatever ultra processed pancake mix, a Bisquick, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, Bisquick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like they're better than Bisquick pancakes. Um, and, you know, again, maple syrup, you know, whether it's the sugar-free kind or not. It's not going to be great for them either. But so if they can eat it without those things, it'll probably be something to win. Uh, but Lenny, you are back. Uh, how is your signal? Go ahead and if your oh, audio breaks up, I'll just give you a thumbs down. Thank you. So <laughs> I, I'll know the proper interpretation of the thumbs down if I see it. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's sort of the holy grail, isn't it, of keto packaged foods? You know, I gave it to my fill in the blank, you know, spouse, significant other, family, friends. And they either said, you know, take your pick of, you know, I didn't know it was keto or it's as good as the non-keto, you know, pick your cliche. And that, that's sort of the ultimate goal, I think, you know, when we're, you know, uh, you know, trying to, you know, share our foods on the keto lifestyle. Uh, and again, I apologize if others may have gone over this, but a couple things on the, on the packaged keto foods. Look, they're, they're not for everybody. 
Um, you know, some people say, look, they can be a tool, they can be whatever, a transition item. And I'm kind of in that camp, you know, um, sorry, where was I going with that? You know, that, um, you know, for some people, they, they can sort of be a trigger food in a bad way. You know, they can trigger cravings. Uh, they can trigger sort of reminders of what their favorites used to be. Um, for other people like me, they're a substitute. Like, hey, you know, I get to eat a brownie uh, and enjoy it. Or, hey, I get to eat a, you know, a protein chip that kind of reminds me of a Dorito. And it can serve as a substitute. But the people sort of have to, I think, find how it can fit into their lifestyle. Um the, the two things I would caution, though, for, I think that this applies for most keto foods, is, look, not every keto food works for somebody. You know, a lot of the substitute ingredients can, can cause everything from gastric distress to knocking out of ketosis to generally not feeling good. So if, if a keto food doesn't work for you, hey, you know, t- you know um, take it off your list. Um, and especially for people who are starting on the lifestyle, I'd advise, like, look, learn how to read an ingredient panel. You know, know the ingredients. And if you spot an ingredient and you don't know what it is, you can't even pronounce it, probably best to stay away from it. You know, I think, you know, keto treats and keto foods are okay, are, are better served if you're familiar with ingredients. Like, hey, what is this stuff really made of? Is it okay for me? You know, will it work for me? Know your ingredients. And the other thing as a, as a general rule of thumb is, you know, I don't care what the keto product is. Um, if it has more than like, let's say 10 ingredients, I'll look at it kind of sideways. That won't say, won't mean, you know, I won't have it. Uh, but at that point, if you start getting into like, you know, double digits of ingredients, you know, that's when to me, you're kind of crossing that gray area into a highly processed or potentially ultra processed food and and at a certain point it doesn't matter if it's keto friendly or not you know you sort of enter this realm of you know of of processed foods in general uh having a lot of strikes against them the the famous example i'll give is some of you have seen these supposedly keto friendly pop tart replacements um enlightened makes one and i just saw a new one come up on the market it has 24 ingredients to it you know, that's ridiculous. You know, at that point, you know, there may not be that much distinguishing it from a regular Pop-Tart in some ways. You know, I don't care what the net carb count is or if it's keto-friendly ingredients. You know, you're starting to eat an ultra-processed food at that point. So packaged keto foods, can they have their place? Yeah, maybe for, for, for some people and some foods and some applications. But just, yeah, figure out how to fit it into your lifestyle. But knowing your ingredients... And, and staying away from ultra-processed, even keto-friendly foods, I, I think, are two good general guidelines. That's it for me. Thank you so much, Lenny. Um, you know, when you were first trying to talk, you were saying something about a bar or something. Um, do you remember what that was? Oh, sorry. I mean, the, the racial keto brownies? Yeah, or, yeah, something. Or Scott, what was it that you caught? Do you remember what it was? I didn't catch the bar that he mentioned. No, I know he was talking brown. I don't know. Might have been I was saying that I, I have a box of racial keto brownies, uh, which I have not tried yet, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And and just for those who are out there, Lenny actually has made like keto friendly foods like nut butters and um, and brownie mixes and those kind of things. And they are pretty damn good. But I think even Lenny, who you know would even try to market these products, would not encourage you to be eating like, you know, three or four of them a day, or if your goal is ketosis, obviously, um, you know, 
they have their place, but um, it's just something that you have as a once in a while thing. Um, and uh, is that fair to say, Lenny? Oh, absolutely. You know, and like I was saying a second ago, you know, yeah, you know, I think everybody has to figure out how and where they fit into their lifestyle. And it could be anything from, look, avoiding them altogether to, you know, eating them sparingly, eating them in moderation. And then once in a while, I'll go to town on keto treats. You know, I'll, I'll be 100% honest. You know, you got to keep me away, um, you know, from uh, if I make myself a, a tray of keto brownies, you know, it can be a, it can be a thing for me. So I think people just have to figure out you know, how, where, and when it can fit into their lifestyle. Well, perfect. And uh, the other thing you mentioned, I know you weren't in the room earlier, but I said like five or six ingredients is my cutoff of where I'm usually probably putting it back. But I think 10 ingredients is probably not bad either. Just ignore it completely. That's kind of the advice you you give. And I think that's good advice too. And it's probably, if it's got, like you say, more than 10, it's not going to be, you're not going to have a good time, as they used to say in South Park. <laughs> Um. You know, I think another part of this that I've found that helps with when I'm successful at the at the lifestyle is, you know, if you're feeling deprived in, you know, we all like different textures and different foods. Every culture has, you know, bread in in their in their cuisine, some type of noodles. So like the, the boxes I like to check, and this in a way goes back to replacements, which I was knocking before, but um, for my noodles, I, I go to, and again, I have blood sugar issues, but I go to Miracle Noodle, which is a packaged product. It's konjac flour noodles, and they're next to zero carbs. And, you know, you really have to dress them up with the right sauce to make them palatable, but they, they can fake your brain a little bit. And I, like a lot of people, I lean on cauliflower rice as my rice substitute. And then I have a friend who gave me a bread um, uh, recipe, which is a egg protein based, has a bunch of other things in it. And I bake that weekly and it's really, really good. And that's one of the few things that I take the trouble to make because... For me, bread's an important staple to kind of keep me from feeling deprived. Um, as far as sweets, and we all want sweets once in a while, like high cacao percentage chocolate, I reach for 85% or 90% chocolate. And then um, myself included, a lot of people I know will have berries once in a while, you know, low carb, lowish carb berries with Greek yogurt for their sweet fix. And they use stevia drops here and there. But you know, the people who I found are really like in the lifestyle for years and years and years and meeting goals and staying there, they eat these things really sparingly. And, you know, the other keto products, they just don't reach for. I'm sorry to say that, but that's been my, that sounds, it's anecdotal, but that's, I don't know if you guys can comment on that, but the people who are really crushing it, they just, they're not heavy into these things. They're just not. <laughs> No, yeah, no, I, I'd agree completely. Um, and um, I, I mean, my life is not complicated when it comes to food. It's like I have a meat. I usually put salt on it. Uh, I'm not saying you have to do this. Um, you know, if you want to put like other things, like other spices on your food, but I usually just put salt on my meat, uh, put it in the air fryer or in the cast iron or whatever I'm doing. I have some vegetables. Um, a lot of times it's broccoli, sometimes Brussels sprouts, and then I'll add fat to that. Um, and that's pretty much my day. 
uh, I would say that's probably 80% of my days. Um, I do have a chicken Caesar salad I eat pretty frequently, but I make homemade dressing with that based with actual avocado mayonnaise. Um, and, um, and you know, it's really hard to make, to find dressing. Uh, that's, that's one, that's other, another food pre- uh, trap you can get into. So I just make my own. I get like five or six salads out of it. And, uh, I usually eat it over the day, but yeah, it's just, um, if you're in this lifestyle, you're being consistent. Um, even if you're not in this lifestyle, if you're looking at your health and you're like low carb or you're whatever, whole 30, um, if you're eating whole foods, you're ahead of most of the people in this country. Um, I do think there's a place for animal fats, especially or animal proteins. Um, I think they have a lot of benefits that we can't get from plants. Um, and, um, I think there's that, but if you're at least focusing on whole food, you're going to be ahead of the game of most Americans. I would agree with that. Yeah. And that's such an important point, you know, Nathan, this, this whole thing about whole foods, you know, and this sort of gets back to the whole processed foods thing. You know, there was an interesting study out of Brazil, um, in the last year or two that talked about, and this wasn't a keto study. It looked at the general population. It noticed something weird. It's like, notice like people's eating habits were improving. You know, they were eating more, you know, technically more servings of whatever, fruits, vegetables, the stuff that's supposed to be healthy, but their health markers were deteriorating. And, and what the researchers concluded was that, well, even though technically on paper, they checked all the boxes, it was coming from processed foods or a larger proportion of these, you know, so-called healthy uh, foods they were eating were coming from processed foods. And they sort of, sort of, you know, labeled that as the problem. And so the problem with processed foods is twofold. You know, one is they said that, okay, you might be eating sort of healthy foods, let's, let's say whatever, fruits, vegetables, nuts, you know, whatever. But they said, you're starting, when you do that and you're going away from whole foods to packaged foods, you're eating them in combinations and ratios that nature did not intend for you to eat. So you're sort of throwing the whole system off. And the other rule of thumb that I think is good for any processed foods, keto or otherwise, is that the cutoff for me between you know where it starts to stray into a highly processed food is if you see ingredients that you would not cook with or make foods with at home, you're getting into highly processed food territories. So again, it might have healthy ingredients, but look, you're not gonna make a you're not gonna cook with sodium benzoate you know, and stuff like that. So that to me, beyond the number of ingredients is if you wouldn't cook with it, it's a highly processed food if it's got that kind of stuff in it. The, the other thing is satiety. And, you know, if you, we all know you could pound an entire, you know, huge bag of Doritos while watching a movie and not think twice about it because you can just get that into you. But try eating more than a pound of ribeye for most people and you just can't you're full and then you're full for a, a long time so there is that um huge part of it well said um absolutely you know just out of curiosity i grabbed one of my daughter's um box of cereal it's like the they call the fruit rounds it's like the uh all the equivalent to uh fruit um fruit loops um and it's like corn flour, flour, wheat flour, uh, high oleic canola oil. Um, but the Lenny makes the point about ingredients like, um, like what if you said to somebody, uh, uh, oh, be careful, there's niacinamide in it. 
like you'd be like what the hell did you just say like <laughs> or oh wait that, careful that's got thiamine mononitrate in it <laughs> we, we wouldn't know what these things are um and just for uh the um yeah so it's just like if you have no idea what they are and you wouldn't cook with it it's probably not going to be it's not going to be good for you. So, and yes, yeah, society, uh, satiety, not society, um, which is being satiated, you know, after you eat a meal is a big, big cue on that as well. So uh, thank you guys for your contributions. Um, I don't know if anyone else had anything they want to add. You can jump up on stage if you like, or add a chat in the comments. But um, if uh, Scott or Lenny, if you guys have any closing thoughts, I'd be open to hearing them. Uh, otherwise, I can go ahead and shut down the room. Thanks for doing the room, man. I think it's an important topic, and I think we covered it nicely. So thanks, Nathan. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for your contributions. And uh, <clears throat> I am going to be doing a more deeper dive on ingredients. I realized I was going to do one on just ingredients and do a podcast, but I realized that's way too broad of a topic. And I'd probably have like a Joe Rogan type, you know, four or five hour podcast if I wanted to do that. So I'm going to break it up into smaller segments. Um, I think the first one I'm going to be talking about is sugar and sweeteners and see if we can dissect that a little bit and what you want to be careful of and what ones you want to look for and which ones might not show up on nutritional facts or information, but can also, um, inf you know, not help with your inflammation in your body and those kind of things. So I'll be doing that. And I think I'm going to have my first guest uh, for my podcast, or I'm going to start doing success stories and or health journeys. I don't even know what I, what, if I want to call them success stories because, you know, people are on a journey sometimes and maybe they're still working on it. But uh, I know the person I reached out to, uh, we'll see if they are available, um, is going to, uh, has a lot of success in, in this lifestyle. And um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. So anyway, Scott, Lenny, thank you for your contributions. Maribel, thanks for the chat. Um, and uh, Trisha as well, and Kowarski. And uh, I appreciate that. So thank you guys. You guys have a great day. And I'll see you guys in the keto streets.